0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Just End the Suffering podcast featuring New York Sports Talk from Long Suffering Van. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. we got a good show for you this week. There's been a lot happening in the world of baseball, so we'll be on the line just a bit with the members of the baseball beat. Will Schneiderhan and Anthony we will be calling in to the mobile studio here today. We're going to talk about all the latest stuff that's going on here with the failed Mets sale, review of the offseason for the Yankees and Mets, the Mookie Betts trade, the latest from A.J. Hinge about the Astros' sign-stealing. All that good stuff coming up on the Baseball Beat today. Also join me again on the podcast, Joe Dal'oisio we heard from last week, review the Super Bowl. Joe D was at the XFL's opening game in New York as the Guardians picked up a win. I will get his take on what his impressions were of the XFL and whether he likes it or not. We'll get the XFL review from Joe in the two-minute drill. But we'll get it all started this week's opening tip where I take a look at the state of the NBA locals after the trade deadline, right after this. Alright, we are back with this is opening tip. You just heard the vocal displeasure of Knicks fans at the Garden a couple weeks ago. After getting blown out by the Memphis Grizzlies at the end of the contest, this was the infamous game where Elfrey Payton shoved Jay Crowder to the floor after Jay Crowder stole the inbounds pass on a last-minute play with the Grizzlies up big and ran to the corner to jack up a three. Payton shoved him to the floor, starts a brawl, gets suspended a game. This is also the game where now ex Nick Marcus Norris, after the game, says you know calls Crowder basically says he has womanly tendencies, gets into hot water there. Embarrassing day for the franchise and for the Nick fans who let their displeasure be known. They were chanting, sell the team, sell the team. And we know James Dolan has thin skin. It got to him clearly because this, I think, was the straw that broke the camel's back. And Steve Mills gets sent on his merry way, which for Nick fans is absolutely fantastic. Because this man, as I said before on the podcast, had no business running a professional basketball team. Now, is this saying that Steve Mills is a bad businessman? No. He's good at that aspect, but this is a guy who, before getting named the GM under Phil Jackson in 2013, had never been involved in basketball operations. No basketball background, no basketball experience, but he was being asked to put together a basketball team. That's a recipe for disaster. The Knicks record over that span shows it, and he is gone. The search began, and quickly ended for a new executive for the Knicks. Uh, still being finalized right now they're working on landing leon rose as their new president of basketball operations sort of following the agent in charge model that the Goldsday state warriors and la lakers have employed the great effect with bob meyer and rob palenka it's not gone so well in places like phoenix and detroit but we'll put that aside for now the industry consensus seems to be that they are doing a good job of this hire. Bill Simmons, who as tapped in on basketball as anybody, went on Twitter after the hire and said, you know what, this is actually a good move for the Knicks. People around the league have said the Knicks look bright for doing this. And the Knicks, simply put, like they should be in an interesting position here to make something happen here. They have assets, we will get to. They're have their pick. The key to this whole thing is James Dolan, obviously, because James Dolan, obviously, very thin skin, very, 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 I want to take the right word for this, very sensitive to the fan criticism. I cannot think of another owner in the sports who would honestly go out and last week in the Knicks, right when the news leaked that Rose was in the midst of being hired, he basically put out a report saying that we're still conducting the search because obviously it'll take Rose time to divest his clients, all that stuff. It comes out in the state and says, I'm not selling the team. Gee, really? You think we thought you would sell the team because the fans were chanting at you? That just tells me how insecure James Dalton is. And it's just amazing to me And he doesn't get it. He owns the hockey team in the building. He owns the New York Rangers. And what does he do for the Rangers? He gets out of the way. He lets the hockey people do their jobs. And the Rangers usually go to the playoffs regularly. They're proceeding nicely through a rebuild. They went to a cup final. They were in the playoff pretty consistently for the last decade. Until they decided to tear it down. But the Knicks? Nah, nah, nah. I have to be involved. I know how to build a basketball team. And they have won really good season in 20 years. You would think he would figure out, you know what? Maybe I should step aside here. Let my basketball people do their jobs without my interference. Hopefully he lets Leon Rose do this because Leon Rose, since he's a bright guy, he's got some good ideas. They're bringing in Worldwide West, who is well-connected in the NBA world, and maybe this will help them become more of a destination for free agents, which I hope that's not the only reason for the hires, but creativity is needed in this job. They've been way too stagnant for way too long. And they did do one good thing at the trade deadline. They managed to turn Marcus Morris, who they got at the last minute in free last summer. this member, he was not an initial target of theirs. They got him on a one-year deal because Reggie Bullock failed his physical and they reworked the contract to give them cap room to sign Marcus Morris, who backed up a verbal deal to Spurs. They turn a one-year Marcus Morris deal into a first-round pick from the Clippers, a right to pick swap of the Clippers, which I think is hysterical This in the trade, because let's be honest, if the Knicks actually have the ability to swap this pick next year in 2021, something has gone horribly wrong for the Clippers. Like Kawhi Leonard is missing the season bad for the Clippers if they are swapping picks of the Knicks. That's for sure. That pick swap is not going to happen, but they also get the draft rights to a draft and stash guy out in Europe. And they also pick up a second-round pick in 2023 from the Detroit Pistons, which, you know, the second-round picks, they can be valuable. I mean, Draymond Green was a second-rounder. Nick fans know Mitchell Robson was a second-rounder. The Knicks right now have seven first-round picks over the next four years, two from the Mavs, the one from the Clippers, and for all their own. I think they have tools here to start doing things. They have to hire the right coach. And I know that the World Wide West thing makes it all the rumors going, oh, John Calipari is going to come to the Knicks. I don't buy it. I don't see Calipari leaving Kentucky at this point in his life. He's got a perfect college job. Why does he need the aggravation of the NBA? Why would he take the aggravation of working for James Dolan? Coach Cal is going to stay exactly where he is, and there's nothing to expect at that point. I will see what happens with the Knicks. I think the key for them is make a plan, stick to it, find the right coach, develop these young players, use your assets wisely, whether that's turning some of those picks into a star, trying to package the right young players and develop them and turn them into a star, because like the old strategy of just, you know, let's wait for the free agents to come here because they will love to play at the Garden and the Mecca and all this matters, and they never come here. The Knicks fans got sold a bill of goods last year that, you know what, Kevin Durant is coming. Kyrie Irving is coming. They're going to get win the lottery and get Zion Williamson. How many of those three guys did they get? They got none of them. And we heard from Durant and Irving that they were never a possibility of the Knicks. That's partially because James Dolan is just such a turnoff to, the, to these free agents. And the Knicks have not been good for 20 years. Like, what free agent would I want to come here and be the savior? Nobody will. They have to do what the Nets did. And They had to build a young core, start getting better, have that cap flexibility Then, when the big free agent wants to make a move and say, you know what? I could go to the Knicks and be the guy who puts them over the top. Not I have to go and be the guy to save the entire organization. You want to get yourself a position where the stars say, you know what? We want to come to you and be the guy who takes you from a 43-win team to a 53-win team and put you in a position to make a run for the finals. You're not going to take the guy that you know what, I'm going to take a 17-win team and bring it to 50 wins by myself. Nobody's going to want to do that. Nobody wants that challenge, especially when you're dealing with an owner like Dolan. Speaking of the Nets, there's a quiet deadline for them. They did absolutely nothing. And right now, their season, they're kind of where we expected them to be. They have a, They're sitting in a holding pattern they are waiting for Kevin Durant to get healthy. And considering where they are on the standings, fighting for that eight seed, trying to stay out of the eight seed, excuse me, trying to avoid the Bucks in the first round. If you're the Nets, your plan, honestly, is get Kyrie healthy because Kyrie Irving has missed a lot of times he's injuries. Get him healthy. Get Karis LeVert back on track. Get your role players back on track. Get some more playoff experience and get in. Maybe give the Raptors or the Celtics a fight in the first round. And be ready for when Durant comes next year. Because that's when you're supposed to make your Titanic leap forward. The dream of getting a big effort out of the Irving-led Nets is his dream at this point. Because Irving has barely played. The team around him looks a little confuzzled and lost without him at points. They need star power. They need Irving on the floor. They need to get used to playing with Irving. That way, when Durant comes in, it's not everybody trying to adjust to both of them. If Kyrie and the core they have can sort of form a nice little nucleus at the end of the year, get a little roll, maybe you know, I think the upside for them is a second round appearance this year. They get hot, win a round, and then see what happens. I think that's the absolute cap of them. I don't expect the miraculous run to the conference finals. Milwaukee's too good. The Raptors are significantly better than they are. Celtics, same thing. If they can get in the mix there and. Steal a series, that'd be a lot of fun. I don't think they can win two, but winning one would be a nice sign for the Nets. But Nets, brighter days are ahead. The potentially second best player in the league when he's healthy is coming. The Knicks, they're playing a little better. under Mike Miller, they've been a lot more confident than they were with David Fisdale. But the key is with them, as always, will James Dolan get out of the way and let the basketball people do their jobs? If he doesn't, Leon Rose is going to have the same problems that Donnie Walsh had, that Phil Jackson had, and everybody else had. Too much meddling, too much incompetence, more losing. Nick fans have been some of the most loyal on this town over the years. They're always filling the garden, and they want to believe. And I believe they will accept the rebuild if it's done correctly. This mishmash of what they put together this year where they... Spent all their money on a bunch of ill-fitting players to deny the rookies minutes. And it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense to sign five power forwards and Elfrey Payton. It really didn't. It was an ill-fitting roster. Miller's doing better with it. But please hire somebody with a plan. And I hope Leon Rose has a plan. Otherwise, Nick fans are going to keep suffering for a while. But enough about the Knicks and the Nets. We'll talk a little more basketball next. to do a little more league-wide perspective. But coming up next, this week's baseball beat with Will Schneiderhan and Arthur Sorbellini. Right after this. This ball baseball baseball is crushed. It's time for the baseball beat. <laughs> All right, we are back in the studio for the ju- for the baseball beat here on the Just End of Suffering podcast. This is a delayed episode here because so much just kept happening and happening and happening and happening. And we said, you know, we got to just wait out as long as we can, get as much information as we can. So now we're here with you. First up, the unofficial co-host of the podcast, Will Schneiderhan. Will, welcome. How are you? Good. Good. How are you? Pretty good. Also, the active appearance leader on the podcast, then closing in on 20. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. <laughs> and next, another member of the Pin Club, which we discussed last week, Anthony Sorbellini. Anthony, welcome. How are you? Good. How about you, guys? Pretty good. The Pin Club, as I pointed out last week when Sandra hey, Rosa here, 10-plus appearances on the podcast. All right. Yeah. So there actually are pins being made, so you guys will each get one once they <laughs> actually arrive. <laughs> but now we're going to talk some baseball. I mean, this has been a crazy offseason, guys oh my god just a
1: little bit <laughs> it's
2: been a crazy yeah. week
0: a crazy week and <laughs> a half we agreed to do this last week We're like okay we'll talk about this and then we thought about monday and then you know we get stuff with like, stevie cohen we got the astros we got a rod we got everything you possibly want and more
2: yeah it's the astros are just an
0: absolute <laughs> storm it's <Yeah, laughs> i would
1: say so it's it's been it's been a. Uh, Everything for – it's been all for the wrong reasons, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Besides the bet's trade that even had some negativity to it. But, yeah, yeah, here we are talking about just how much of a crap storm the past week has been.
0: It has <laughs> just, been. Let's go to the locals first we start diving into the bigger national messes, like the Mookie Betts trade and the Astros. Let's go with the Yankees first. So, Anthony is the Yankee guy. Give me the offseason grade. I'm going to give it
2: a B plus. I would still like to see a little bit more, but, I mean, hey, they did what I – what. I wanted what all pretty much all Yankee fans wanted. They went out and got Cole. Would have liked to see another pitcher, but I'm not gonna knock just the Cole signing because that starting rotation just got so much better. Yep, it's it. You, your thoughts?
1: Oh, it's yeah, B plus, probably towing like an A, just because you, you went out and got Garrett Cole. It's all you like like that is what you needed. They mm-hmm. got him, and then I just liked how Cashman didn't get stupid. It was all. It was like <laughs> okay, let's. Because you could tell, he really, like, mm-hmm. getting cold in at that, that number, yeah. like, he wasn't that, and you know, he was a little unsteady, unsteady with that, it felt like, yeah. but he did it. Yeah. And then I thought maybe he'd get a little, like, you know, oh, let's go overboard, let's just go for the whole, you know, yeah. let's do this, let's do that. But he was very, you know, very moderate afterwards, and I thought not overplaying his hand was really big.
0: Yeah, it was funny because when Sam was here last week, I asked her, like, what would you go to the Yankees? And he's like, it was fine. He's like, they did exactly what you expect them to do. Their entire off season, you think about it, apart from Garrett Cole, what did they do? They brought Brett Gardner back. That was the entire off season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they D
2: walk and everything.
0: So. They, yeah, they, they did walk. They uh, dealt Matanzas Walk. They didn't do much, but like Cole just puts them over the top. I think the biggest thing for them to help is that the entire American League around them got worse.
1: M- mightily. That's <laughs> so why. Yeah. The
2: American, the American League East, not yeah. even just the American League.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the Astros lost Garrett Cole. That's a big deal before you even even hit the manager or the general manager getting sent on the merry way. You
1: have your two direct competitors, and I know we're getting a little bit, but two direct competitors in the Astros' Red Sox just completely take steps back. I mean, yeah, you know, you position yourself just to run away with that.
0: So I'll go to you first, Will. Who do you think actually is the biggest threat to the Yankees right now in the American League?
1: I mean, I don't want to say, like, the Twins. Like, the Twins aren't. (laughs) I mean, the Red Sox aren't. I mean, no, uh, when you go look at every division, like in the, in the West, it's still the Astros, I yeah. guess. And yeah. it's, you know, it's kind of awkward to say because, you know, no Garrett Cole, everything that's happened with them. But a lot of that team is still there. They mm-hmm. have Baker who keep, you know, Dusty Baker will keep them competitive for a year at least. So I think this year it is definitely the Astros
0: still. Any thoughts on that? Or?
2: Yeah, I'll agree with that too. The, I mean, the Astros are still the Astros. They still got their core group of guys, even though they lost Hinch as their manager. But, I mean, I think the real thing is kind of, you know, can the Yankees stay healthy? You know, they pretty much, they revamped the entire strength and conditioning staff. So, it's kind of, as long as they can stay, I mean, we saw what they did last year by losing, what, a record setting, what was it, 26 guys?
0: And they still won 103 games.
2: Yeah, and that was without missing. Yeah, without Garrett <laughs> <And> Cole. <Severino. laughs> now you add Garrett Cole, you know, you get a healthy judge at the start of the season, you get a healthy, hopefully, uh, Stanton, get health, just everybody healthy.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think the biggest issue they have to me, I think, obviously, health is the most important. But I think the other thing that would concern me is just, like, I think the depth on the game feels a little suspect. Because letting Didi go and locking Glaber in shortstop, I mean, you're either hoping Gio Rochelle does the same thing he did last year, does it again, or that Miguel Anderhard is healthy. and. I think you can count either thing. It's a
1: third base spot. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's definitely a little suspect where that's where Mm -hmm. you're you're absolutely rolling your dice because it's kind of like... You have two guys, you know. Okay, if Geo flops, hopefully Andujar is really well, vice versa. But, then, yeah. but like, there's still a good possibility that both of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, hey, Andujar, when he was playing before his rookie year, he he was really good. So, we'll see. I, I There's no way or Shella. I mean, hey, whatever. We've seen crazier things. There's no way, like, that's happening again. No, that no, was just an anomaly. <laughs> he was, like, a 330 hitter for, like, two months. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're saying 260 this year, it's a big drop-off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's
2: uh, again. there's a big drop off. But it's kind of where you would expect him to be, right around like two sixties to two eighty at like the top top end.
0: Yeah. All right, let's go to the Mets for a little bit because the Mets have been much more interesting this off season. <laughs> we'll we'll get to the sale. We'll get to the Beltron of it all. But like, give me the off season great will. I think it's like
1: I'll be honest. Like it's to me, it's like a. I think it's a B. I'm yeah. not gonna go higher just because. But it's still not bad. Like I think mm-hmm. everybody's forgotten amidst everything that's gone on that like all right, like they did add Batanzids. They kind of, I don't like, like they added Percello and Waka. Where it's just like, why wouldn't you just resign Wheeler or go? You know what I mean? Or look at another upper. You know, well, I just don't understand why they always do that. Let's get two and hope they're as good mm-hmm. as one. When yeah. we could just pay the same price and get one. <laughs> But I I've really – when you look at the team on paper, like, they're, <laughs> they're not terrible. They're not bad at all. I mean, so I think it's just everybody's super pessimistic around the team, including myself. Yeah. But when you really take a step back and look at, like, all right, baseball's here. This team's not terrible. They're not that – I mean, they're not bad. They're going to be a winning ball club. And I think they did add. I mean, going in NB was, like, so against everything that they usually do, especially at that time with the money they already spent. So, hey. I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, I think I give it a B minus because it's kind of like they did the bare minimum of what they needed mm-hmm. to do. It's like mm-hmm. they still don't have a true center fielder. Not so they want to tell you the brand Nemo is one. They still, want, they still are trying to sell you that, no. that myth. They still don't really have a ton of depth at certain positions. The bullpen, if it's all great, can be fantastic. But if it's not, I think there's issues.
1: Yeah, I think. When you're looking at my thing is like, you have Lugo, who's Lugo is fantastic in that role. I like it. Tan says, but yeah, then you're rolling the dice on. I mean, what the heck's Familia? What the heck is Diaz? Did you Justin hear Justin
0: he, Wilson? I mean, did you hear he lost 30 pounds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how a, could 30? it you? How couldn't <laughs> wow. you? That was the talk of
1: Mets <laughs> camp all, all and uh, the whole off season was Familia is you know 30 pounds lighter. Yeah, he <laughs> he pitched at 270 last season. Well, my thing is, too, Justin, like, I like I like him a lot. But, like, there was, like, people were, like, chalk, or, you know, putting him in for his numbers last year. Wasn't he, like, scoreless for, like, th- like ten straight innings at one point last year? Like, he was completely, like, doing more than he usually does. <laughs> so, I think a lot of the numbers are, like, it, for him and some of the other guys are kind of, like, uh, inflated in a way where it's, like, he's not that good, guys. Like, there's got to be a lot more that goes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the Brandon Nimble stuff. Literally kills me <laughs> Kills me People tweeted SNY tweeted about uh, how uh, Andy Martino reported how um, The Mets like touched base on Mookie Betts And in the comments People said There's no way you could put Brandon Nimmo in the package For Mookie Betts <laughs> This isn't Starling Marte Who I would have done it for Marte But for Mookie Betts people won't trade Brandon Nimmo Are you delusional I will drive Nimmo to
0: Boston <laughs> to do yeah, it yeah. I I don't get it it's Something with his fan base of random. I just don't get it.
2: It's there's something with the Mets. I mean, by just piggybacking off you guys, I would give that, you know, B minus B.
0: They did they
2: added some spots that they need like Patantis, but they're nothing really to where they went out and did a big move.
0: They're definitely gonna
2: be a solid team in the NL East, but there's nothing really to where they can run away with it
0: or anything. Yeah, well, I also want to get your take. I kind of got in wills of off air, but about this whole Zach Wheeler thing, because recently Zach Wheeler, who the Mets let go for the big money contract with the Phillies, mm-hmm. he was asked about the, well, are you surprised the Mets didn't get back to you, or gave you another offer before you left? And then he said, no, doesn't surprise me. That's them. That's how they roll. So he took some shots. <laughs> how about Brody and, today? And then Brody today comes out, Brody and and he's asked about it. He's like, I was surprised, disappointed to hear Zach Wheeler say that about us, considering we helped him turn two good half seasons into $118 million. (laughs) Like, what kind of look is that when you're trying to attract free agents here? (laughs) No. It's just the Mets. There's
1: nothing other than you can say than that. That's
2: the Mets right there.
1: I do think it was funny, though. I, most of the time, I think, like, some of the stuff that comes out isn't. But that was pretty. I, I, think, was, I think both sides, it was pretty funny.
2: Yeah, it's kind of just <laughs> kind of. You could tell there's a little bit of bad blood, but you'd also think that the Mets would kind of, you know, he's kind of a homer, so kind of given the benefit of the doubt. But And Brody, it wasn't Brody's
1: guy, so no. it does not surprise yeah. me that he said that. Like, he had no ties to him. Yeah. He came in, when, so I, I get it. And
0: mad sh- mad shade, though, from Brody. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, even Wheeler, I was surprised, like. Because this was the guy who, when when uh, Sandy was there, like pleaded with Sandy to stay. Yeah. So uh, I could see why he's a little angry, you
0: well, know. Yeah, he's he's a little hurt because he, yeah. he said he would give them a chance to get the massive offer, and he just said, "Fine, go. Yeah, we so, don't yeah, need you. Definitely." It's like we'll take Waka and Porcello for a year and figure it yeah. out. And n- another funny thing about if you look at the Mets' losses, I don't know how much you guys buy into the Pecota projections. They predict the Mets will win the National League East. Mm-hmm. They give them a seventy-five percent chance of making the playoffs. Do you buy that, Will?
1: I, I, I'm, not even, I'm not even kidding. Like for the past like five years, this team should have been literally competing like for the division yeah. easily every single year. So when they project stuff like this, like it's been there. So you know what I'm, you know what I mean? Like like they've been a good baseball team. It's just been how you know we've know how they screw it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Injuries, managing, all this stuff. I mean that division listen, the the Phillies I saw their projection was what, seventy seven? Seventy nine. They do makes, all of that in their sure. seventy nine wins. No. Well. But I'll be honest, I don't think I still don't think the Phillies are that good. I don't either. I don't. And in and, and the Nationals, I get it. Every time you put Scherzer and Strasburg out there, you're giving yourself a chance. Yeah. Reigning World Series champions. They're not gonna be I mean. Hold me to it, but when you don't have an MVP candidate, that's two off-seasons in a row you lost MVP candidates. Mm -hmm. I don't know where it's coming from this year from them. (laughs) I mean, hey, maybe Victor Robles or Well, they still have Juan Soto, who's pretty pretty good. Yeah, yeah, but, like,
0: I just – and it, but the projection was only really what, 86 wins? I think 88 for the Mets, 87 for Washington, yeah. 83 for the Braves, what 79 did, for the Phillies. What
1: did the Mets win last year? 86. Yeah, so like they're yeah. pretty much right where they were last year. Just yeah. that's projected to win you a division this year. So when you're really looking, looking at it, you're getting two more wins based on what you added in free agency. It doesn't make sense. We're just at <laughs> the same spot where we were talking about last year. It's just the NL East
2: is just literally a coin flip again. Yeah,
1: There's I There's no think, really one team that could yeah. run away with it. I think it's actually regressed. Oh, I think it's regressed a oh, lot. A little, yeah. I, Atlanta?
0: I think they're being oh, underrated. Atlanta. They're being really underrated. Every, every
1: year they are. It's just their yeah. pitching. That's why. But when you have Ronald Acuna, who's literally yeah. like one of the best players well, in Well, the, the Braves baseball, had
2: that one really good year. What was it? Two years ago? Where they
0: overachieved. Yeah, but right over it was like,
2: oh, they're ahead of schedule. But then last year, we kind of saw yeah. who they really are.
0: Even though they lost Josh Allen, they still signed Marcelo Zuna to fill his spot in the
1: lineup. And then you oh, have yeah. Austin Riley who's <laughs> yeah. gonna just he's really good. It's just the pitching. I mean, that's the thing with the Mets. You got the pitching. You have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball, just like for once, man. You mm-hmm. know, and for the first time in a long time, that's a lineup right there. Yeah. I mean, there's a lineup, like everyday one through seven at least, one through six mm-hmm. if Cespedes plays that is really, really deep and really, really talented.
0: So yeah. we as didn't as run into any boars and, and camp anywhere. <laughs>
1: I, I'm I'm falsely optimistic about yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, I think people forgot how good this guy is. He's not yeah. going to be the same player on the base paths or in the outfield. But, I mean, that dude could hit. Me, the, the, I want to hit. see
2: how he's going to be in the lineup with, uh, with the Paul dude. dude, have we ever had that? I'm no. j- sorry no. to cut you
1: off, but <laughs> no. when is the last time that they've had – I mean, Jeff McNeil, Conforto, Alonso, Cespedes, Ahmed Rosario. Nimmo. Nimmo, Nimmo Wilson Ramos. Ramos. <laughs> I mean, 2006 was like the most talented lineup I've ever seen. This isn't like that.
0: But it's still
1: good. They're the deepest. Yeah.
0: They're the deepest lineup in the division if they're healthy.
1: Hands down. So it's like it's where I'm like, hey, this team could win. This team 80 to me, 88 should be the baseline if all goes well. And they, there's no reason they can they can win this division. Well, hopefully
0: yeah. for them, they actually show up in June. Cause that's usually been the problem yeah. the last two years.
1: <laughs> I mean, dude.
0: June July is usually their issue It is yeah.
1: The bullpen doesn't come around till like You know Around the all-star break Then they take an early
0: vacation After that yeah. But man When you have the pitching It just It's going to be there yeah. It's there Yeah Before we move on from the Mets What are your thoughts I'll go to you Anthony I've got remember, I know plenty of Will's thoughts <laughs> About the fallout of this Sale falling apart With Stevie Cohen No longer bringing his billions of dollars To the franchise
2: Mets It's Mets being Mets It's literally what it sounds like Yeah it's just the Mets, like, I mean, we talk about it. It feels like every time we do a show together, it's the Mets just can't catch a break.
0: No. I L- Literally cannot catch a break. Okay, well, you can put your thoughts on the air now. Yeah, I just <laughs> uh,
1: like, well, I've, okay, so I've thought about it more since you, myself, and. Uh, Friends of the podcast, yeah. Mark Capuccio.
0: Another <laughs> member of the Pink Club, by the we're,
1: way. Uh, we're losing it. Like I just don't understand why either side agreed to those terms in the first place. Because yeah. it must have been like both sides, were like, oh yeah, sign. Here's the deal. Like yeah, that's <laughs> totally what it's gonna be. And then like, every, but they always had like, mm-hmm. you know, other motives to be like, no. Like once it gets closer, listen, we're gonna say this. We're gonna knock it fine. down. Yeah. We're good to go. And yeah. then both guys, both sides were like, what the heck's going on?
0: So yeah, more sides. Both sides are more like.
1: <laughs> I mean, seriously, because uh, I just I'm just more upset that like, yeah, Cohen had like all the money in the world. This dude
0: like he wants to he wants on the team. That's what it is. Yeah. Like he's
1: a Mets fan. From what it sounds like, he had like all these plans to like go and make this like deep analytical team. You know, go and I um I heard the one guy in WFAN. Uh, what was his, the
0: guest the, on uh, the, the Business reporter Yeah, Faber or whatever. Dave, yeah, I think David Faber.
1: He was saying how like. Cohen in his inner circle was telling them all, like, hey, five World Series winner in five years. Like, dude, uh-huh. don't tell me that now. <laughs> but, uh, ah, uh, I hope, I-, I really hope that, like, I heard that there's, like, a he's still interested where, like, I can't imagine they would ever do it. Both of those parties would ever go down that avenue again I, I think he
0: would do it i think it's just like you want the world going to are crawling back to him to like but, hey like hey like yeah, we you, can't you, get <laughs> anybody to give you this price will you t- will you give us our 2.6 billion again if but you give us full control weird
1: is that that is the thing that why is that the thing and why is it reported that the new owners are not going to or the new sale they won't do that i just don't understand what is it did they think that like they could pull one over on cohen and he would just like Spend for them for five. You know what I mean? Like, why yeah. is that now not in the mm-hmm. cards? <laughs> I don't.
0: I don't get it. It's a, there's a. This is a big mystery with the Mets sale, and, and we'll see what happens there. But there is one potential buyer we just oh, heard yeah. about today oh, on boy. Dave recording, and you know how Derek here owns the Florida Marlins. Mm. His good friend of me, Alex Rodriguez, now apparently <laughs> is interested in buying the Mets, according to the New York Post. Maybe he's part of one of these groups. And this was my reaction when I when I saw this. Like, A-Rod a- a- the, buying the Mets. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, he's a great baseball mind. I just don't feel like he has.
0: He's a good business guy also. He has a lot yeah. of businesses. But, like, the thing that worries me is, like, this, could, this could be a, a completely different yeah. animal. Though. It's going to be a Derek Jeter situation where we're yeah. just cutting payroll because A-Rod doesn't have the finances to do it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he and Jayler are worth, what, like $750 million? All, they would.
1: Like, <laughs> they're, it's like with Jeter where Jeter's just the face for yeah. that group. Like this is definitely what a Rod. I mean, yeah. no. I mean, he cannot do that on his own. He's no. not worth that much money. No, he's probably oh, my god. All no. these
0: probably bring, going to all his Wall Street by right, saying, "Hey, let's buy, let's buy doing. the Mets." Like, yeah, and like, like I'll be, going
2: on Shark Tank and everything. Yeah. no, that's what it is. Like he's <laughs> yeah,
0: got like, all the investors. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's like all the Shark Tank investors. Like, yeah. hey, you want like a two percent share of the Mets? <laughs> <laughs> he probably
1: knows. Hey, like, he probably knows. <laughs> like, I would be, some, I would be interested to see the group that he could put together. Yeah. Like, not a like half ass group though. And like, I don't think he would do that. Who knows? But, like, it would be, I mean, that is just so funny. Like, can you imagine A-Rod and J-Lo? Like, City Field would be a party, it would be like, <laughs> I mean, hey, they might not be able to do anything as far as the product on the field goes. And I don't really like the idea of, like, a whole conglomerate of people owning a team. I yeah. feel like that's very mm. messy. Yeah. But. Um,
0: <laughs> it's but, interesting. Hey, it's hey, very it's Friday, interesting. Friday. It's
1: Valentine's Day. And A-Rod wants to own the Mets. Like, whatever. It, it, indeed.
0: Indeed. <laughs> and we have to go into now we have some more important national business to discuss and that includes the latest baseball mystery what happened with the houston astros what's going on with the sign stealing do we have an admission of guilt from anybody are we going to keep sleeping under the rug what is going on with the houston astros and this is a comments on Willow soap opera the last like about week and a half 'Cause the last time we were on, we were talking about the we did the emergency sign stealing podcast, about fire, talking about breaking fire. we about the buzzers, that was that was fun. Now we got all sorts of fun information coming out over the last few weeks. And I'll start with the takeaways. So, first off, we got the story from the athletic now claiming that Carlos Beltron was the godfather of the scheme. <laughs> El jefe. El <laughs> jefe. And that the players were terrified of him and Brian McCain went up to him and said and say let's not do it, is Bell and said, no, we are still sign-stealing here. I'm like, that's one thing. We got the article in the Wall Street Journal about Codebreaker and Jeff Lunau basically inventing this whole system with interns and analytics people. And I think the coup de grace was the interview that Hinch did with Tom Verducci. Oh and this, I'm going to play this clip because the question deserves to be included in there is the way he phrased it. This is A.J. Hinch talking about the buzzers.
1: Now the hindsight of looking at the Astros, people are looking at the Astros in a very different lens based on the commissioner's investigation, which includes now, in their eyes, the 2019 season. We've heard reports about Astros players wearing buzzers underneath their uniforms. That's how they're getting the signal. What pitch is coming? I know the commissioner's office looked into this and they determined there was nothing to it. Can you assure us there were no buzzers or anything like that being used? Well, the commissioner—we got
2: investigated for three months, and the commissioner's office did as thorough an investigation as anyone could imagine was possible. I mean, I know he mentioned the the
1: emails and the texts and the messages, um, and I believe them.
0: Again, that's a whole lot of nothing.
2: (laughs) He has no allegiance to the Astros right now. They let him go. Just let it fly. Just just come out with everything. Who cares? They're not going to... Yeah.
0: Even Even then, you could just say, like, I was not aware of it. You give your cover your own butt. But he said no. He, went, he just said the commissioner said we didn't do it, so we didn't do it. I, and, <laughs>
1: and, I, and I know we're, we're going to go into that more, but, like, that is my biggest gripe with the whole thing with the Astros, the players. Stop deferring and, and being okay, oh, well, the commissioner's office did it. And also... Verducci's phenomenal. That was like, a great, hope, great question. Uh, but I just hate how he put the re- asked about the report in it. Don't yeah. even bring that up mm. because then you're allowing him an out. Because yeah. he was on the Michael K show, Verducci kind of like standing and dying by the Astros, not you know, or Hinch not being that heavily involved. Yeah, I just felt like in the back of his mind, he was like, okay, like I do a lot with MLB. We're gonna be network. Let me not you know push it too much. Right. Whereas, that question is annoying me because just straight up ask him it. Yeah. Don't even say the thing about the report. Because right away, you heard him. Hinch went right to the report. Yeah. I didn't li- that's the only thing I didn't like.
0: Yeah, I think Hinch also got coached before that. <laughs> Absolutely. to talk Absolutely. About. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, by somebody. And probably not what he asked, but he probably had his own independent person saying, hey, like, don't say anything. You can't, No, for you sure, yeah. But, like, I, I – all we have to say is I didn't know. Like this was just done without my knowledge. Like I knew about the monitors. I tried smashing the monitors. They didn't I should have done more, which he did say, but that one just stuck out to me like as a sign like, oh yeah, like they definitely were wearing buzzers and they don't want anybody to know about it.
1: Because <laughs> nobody's nobody has ever flat out I mean, Correa kind of said like no, but like everybody else has always just been well, the commissioner did the report. Yep, they're okay. all just like,
2: saying oh we agree with the commissioner's report. The commissioner report found nothing. So,
1: like, just you know what I mean? Like, literally, if you didn't do it, just I like just say no because it's yeah. better for you. You saying this commissioner's report stuff is is nauseating. Yeah. It's yeah. arrogant, and we don't buy it. And they all got
2: their immunity and everything <laughs> too. Know. That's why. Yeah, like so you know, just come out with yeah, it. Yeah, you
1: could say like right now. You could say yeah. It. Hey, say it. Yeah. Let it fly. Like you said, let it fly, man. <laughs> God, I'm tired of hearing about this. I mean, we're the, we're report. this
0: far
2: deep into it. Just let everything. Uh, uh, you know, at this point
0: yeah so then yesterday the Astros on Thursday at 13 tried to do a little damage control so they had the media they had a bunch keyword of press conferences the keyword being they tried they had a bunch of media availability they had players talking and I pulled for you the entirety of the press conference clippings from Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve the two players that they chose to send up there this is Bregman first
1: I have some brief remarks that I'd like to share with y'all I'm really sorry about the choices that were made by my team by the organization and by me i've learned from this and i hope to regain the trust of baseball fans i would also like to thank the astros fans for all of their support we as a team are totally focused on moving forward to the 2020 season. Thank you.
0: And here comes Altuve to the podium with his remarks.
3: Thank you, Jim,
2: and thank you, Alex. Uh, I also will be brief. We had a great uh, team meeting last night, and I want to say that the whole Astros organization and the team uh, feel bad about what happened in in 2017. We especially feel remorse for the impact in our fans and the game of baseball and our team is determined to to move forward to play with intensity and to bring back a championship to houston in in
1: 2020 thank you
0: in total one minute and 25 seconds from the two two of the biggest names in this thing
1: and they said a lot covered a lot
0: they covered oh so much ground.
1: <laughs> so much. Oh my gosh!
2: Where's Just is your it? generic <laughs> PR. Well, uh, weren't these like written statement? on like a thing too? Yeah. They each had papers they're yeah. reading off. Yeah, them. that is. It like,
1: wasn't Could you imagine? You I are You can't even talk for yourself. <laughs> it's mind numbing. That actually is like. Oh my.
0: I mean, we saw today the Mets had two former Astros on their team. Both of them spoke, like, on their own and were far more genuine than either of those two guys were in, in this press conference. Well, the,
2: all the other Astros, the former Astros who were coming out like seemed Marwin very, Gonzalez, Martin, very yeah. remorseful, very, you know... Like, it actually hit them. Like, they actually care. But everybody who's on the shows now, especially Altuve and Bregman, they just don't care.
1: Well, I, it's because it's coming from up top. And yeah. I yeah. said it. Remember when we had the podcast before, we were yeah. talking about Jim doing that fire where it was like... Jim Crane Trying to be like, oh, look what I did. Now it's okay. Yeah. Like, he is... He's almost just as, like... You know, moronic as the rest of them Oh, we're, we
2: saw that
0: yesterday with his press conference We're, we're, we're getting to him, don't worry <laughs> like, Jim Craig has his own his little segment. but Do you know here. what I mean?
1: Like, like if he is the guy Just like, think of it, like, with the Mets With, with Tampa, where Morton is Out in, in, yep. in Minnesota at Marwin They're probably like, hey, like, can you guys Please just say something Genuine, get it away, mm-hmm. you know Get it off your chest now Okay, yeah, it's fine, I'll do it All of them did it, very genuinely You know Whatever. Far
0: more emotion than those guys. just said like robots reading their yeah. statements. And then, <laughs> yeah,
1: and then and, and like at the end of the day, we know that they're kind of bsers also because they are involved in it. But whatever, we accept it more. This is like just a, like a it's a slap in the face. yeah. Like yeah. you can't even speak. Like Bregman,
0: no oh. emotion whatsoever. He literally is reading off the paper, and he's like super not. like <laughs> And emotional. we know yeah. how Bregman is. Mo- yeah, I say, <laughs> that's like, the, not the complete
2: the m- polar
1: opposite yeah. of how Alex Bregman is as a person. Oh god, I can't stand that. And and, <laughs> yeah,
0: also, before we get to uh, some of the others in here, I want to touch down on Altuve a little more because I got a tweet I pulled from Jared Carabas uh, from, <laughs> from Barstool, and he said in this tweet, this is, Jose Altuve made himself available in the clubhouse after the press conference. He was asked about the buzzers and immediately referred to the league's investigation, not finding anything, instead so of flat out saying they didn't exist. The Astros used buzzers, no doubt, in my mind. The commissioner's report
2: yeah that's literally what we just said like 30 seconds ago yeah they
0: they're hiding behind that report yeah that's they're out and i'm convinced the more that they just don't deny it and just hide behind the report convinced they did the buzzers that's what Mm. i mean like
1: someone had nobody nobody (laughs) said 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 no (laughs) like the fact that no one at one point is like oh my god like You ask me, I'm on Altuve. Mike asked me the question. Mike, oh my God, for the thousandth time, you've asked us this question. You know what? No, we didn't use them. Yeah. Why have you, you know, like, why do they keep getting asked this question? They're like, (laughs) the commissioner did his investigation and uh, like oh man you're yeah. not telling me yes or no so i'm going to yeah. keep asking you yeah the mark and we're
2: just going to assume that it's, a, that it's
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yes, yes that anyway yeah. yeah yeah i mean the mark of an innocent person is like they will be like emphatically like oh my god i can't believe you're accusing me of this i didn't do this i didn't do buzzers i've been honest the whole time but the like the vaguer they are the more likely is they're lying that's the way I see it. Oh, yeah.
1: I yeah. mean, they, they just it's like they clam up right away. Where, you know what I mean? Like, if yeah. it was that out of, no pun intended, but like that out of left field, it, it, they would obviously be have brushed that away immediately. But the fact that it's still here, they're still getting this clammed up about it, there's something there. Yeah, it's an <laughs> obvious.
0: Yeah, it is an obvious. And we will go on to, before we go down to Jim Crane, I'm saving Jim Crane. <laughs> We'll go into the clubhouse. Carlos Correa actually was more authentic than anybody in that team. Mm -hmm. And he was asked about the whole report from the athletic about Carlos Beltran basically being the boogeyman and basically (laughs) intimidating the entire team into running a sign stealing operation. Here's what Correa had to say.
2: The thing I have a problem with uh, when I read that report is that, that we were scared of him or we felt intimidated. We didn't feel scared of Beltran. We didn't feel intimidated. He was the nicest guy. That we could ever have he was the best teammate we've ever had um beltram was 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 obviously a leader of the clubhouse and but we all had a say in in everything that we were doing in there and uh you know whatever he said um and whatever we were doing um we had the chance to stop it as a team everybody everybody had the chance to say something and we did it so Whatever, whoever the anonymous source is that's saying that we felt intimidated or we were too young to say something, that's just straight up
0: Beltran the intimidated nobody. I think that's I think that's probably the most honest tape we've heard from the Astros in, like, forever. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, do you think Brian McCann wants to be, like, a manager one day or something? Yeah. Because, like, why would that have ever been into that? That was definitely yeah. like, oh, hey, uh, you guys have this, too? Like, you know what yeah. I mean in that story? Like, really, Brian McCann? Yeah. Got chewed out by Beltron. Like get real <laughs> That that like p- Them ruining Like and listen He was definitely yeah. involved But that ruining of him Like I was actually very happy Correa was like Are we kidding Like it's a yeah. whole team What do you think This guy was like
0: The only guy yeah. who, who have we listened to <laughs> Like that's insane that's It's like insane. these are 25 macho men Yeah and I could have like, like Be intimidated by one veteran
1: Brian McCann <laughs> Oh man Stop <laughs> <Brian> Mc- <laughs> No Alright Like all really people, Brian McCann. McCann Brian McCann Who literally Got someone's face t- <laughs> Exactly yeah. A bad oh, Everything. This guy hates fun. Hates everything. <laughs> you think he really was like uh, cowering yeah. away? Yeah. He wanted to punch Jose Fernandez in the face. Did wasn't yep. it Fernandez in the home run? Yep. Like, like, yeah, multiple times. This man has never had an issue with the confrontation, but this time with ancient Beltron, who wasn't yeah. even playing really. Yeah. Oh he was man, hit, he,
0: was hit, he was hitting like two fourteen. <laughs> oh, right points whoa. Like, okay,
1: oh a little chunkier Beltron yeah. too. Yeah. My bad. Not like Gold Glove bigger yeah. Beltron. <laughs> Oh, give me a break. <laughs> but I do. I think Craig is genuine enough. And obviously, like, that's Beltran's one of his guys. Aren't they yeah. both from Porter, uh, yeah, both Puerto, yeah, Puerto Rico? Yeah, they're both from Puerto So, yep, like, yep. I get that. I get that, too.
0: Yeah, that's the fun one. And now we'll get to the most interesting one. Oh this is from Astro's owner Jim Crane, who got <laughs> – I'll let the question speak for itself. <laughs> speak of the fact also, I want to point out there, poor Dusty Baker having to sit there next to Jim Crane in this news conference. He was not there for any of this. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> Why, <laughs> why, I mean, talk about, like, it's like he, like, it was like, he had to flip the coin. heads or your you go. You know, yeah. he got tails. There's no like, reason oh, for him my, to be there. Why am I sitting <laughs> here? <laughs> I've
2: never seen somebody look more uncomfortable in their lives.
1: Oh, cause yeah. Yeah. Like, Ever. because nothing was getting, not to go on a tangent here, but nobody was asking, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, it's there like, was nothing, there was no reason for him to be there. Like he wasn't a part like, of any he's of He's like, this. hey. It's like, <laughs>
0: literally it's like, it's like I just happened to be here when you guys showed up
1: <laughs> like he could have been like sitting there doing like filling in like taxes or something literally. Had, why was he there just to be like look who's here now yeah. yeah it's like see this
0: guy's an honest yeah. guy he's, like, he's oh, gonna fix our problems oh man
1: I can't let's because I can't yeah. wait to go oh, in on Jim Craig yeah, is yeah. so
0: this is me up. Like, yeah, so Jim Crane was asked about the impact the cheating might have on the sign stealing. I also will point out one more thing before I play this. Not once did any Astro use the word cheating. They said broke the rules or were dishonest. They never said they cheated. So here's Jim Crane on the whole idea of what the impact the sign stealing had for them.
2: Mr. Crane, what do you have to say to the Yankees and teams that you beat in 17?
0: Listen, the the Yankees had a few comments out there. Um, you know our opinion is uh, you know that this didn't impact the game um <laughs> we had a good team um we won the world series and we'll leave it at that all right before you dive in here what the hell's going on out here is he kidding like I what mean, like let me st- give me two seconds here on this one i mean <laughs> like let me ask you this like if this did not work how dumb are you for spending all that time and resources on this system if it didn't give you any benefits? I'm just trying to figure out how he's saying it doesn't
2: impact the game when you literally have like less than a millisecond to react to a 95-mile-an-hour fastball coming yeah. at you. If you know a curveball or a breaking ball is coming, yeah. that gives you all the advantage in the world, yeah. all the advantage. That impacts the game so much.
1: How about the simple fact that... <laughs> You're coming up with a. Cheat. You don't cheat for like for fun. fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like it's like oh I cheated on that test, but it didn't affect my score. Yeah, right. <laughs> like what the. I like, just wanted to cheat. Are to see you if a I psychopath? <laughs> Like, like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> like, could you imagine? I can't even rap Like, what does that even mean? Like, when do you think he, he, like, didn't, like, he didn't know what he was
0: saying? Like, I hope to God that's the case. Like, that is. Well, I think he realized he said something like stupid. He tried walking it back about five minutes later. But <laughs> well, like- he tried. He
2: contradicted himself a million yeah. times during yeah. this yeah, press conference. you imagine
1: saying that after all that's gone on? <laughs> no, that huge, this elaborate cheating thing that, like,
0: even though they say it's not cheating, we'll not say it's cheating.
1: <laughs> that we came up with, <laughs> yeah. it we did not rules. affect the game. No. Yeah. Like, oh my God, you're out of your mind, dude. You yeah. are out of
0: your mind. <laughs> yeah. Like, why even bother doing it if you're not getting any benefit out of it? That's just a bunch of wasted effort. <laughs> it's
1: just. Oh, I hate how adamant they are, too, about yeah. it. Like, they say it in such a direct way where it's like. Oh, my God, you guys actually don't, you know, like, yep. what do you, oh, like, wow, I have no words. Do you have any idea, you know, like, Man. what is the media climate like in Houston where, like, mm-hmm. did they, that they were like, <laughs> maybe we could just pull this over, you know, like, <laughs> no, once you get New York involved, yeah. oh, national yeah. audiences involved, Boston involved, you better start, like, talking the right way and making yeah. yourself sound somewhat smart because we're just eating you alive out here (laughs) they are
0: doing yeah i will end this bit because i feel like i go for another hour on the Astros if he wanted to but i got another tweet from reporter bill shaken this is from jim crane i don't think i should be held accountable i don't think that's about what the astros are right now Dude, I, once I saw
1: that tweet, I'm telling you, he thought when he fired Now and Hinch, that was it for him. He's like, yeah. he's like, he's it's like, not my I'm fault. Clear, he would, my hand's are clean. I'm done. Look at me. Yeah. No, you are literally, you are just, you should be. And that's what kills me. Every corner that comes out about this, Hinch, oh, it wasn't me. I tried to break the monitors. The players. They all deferred. The players, oh, well, like, we all did it. Yeah. not just me we all did it the owner oh I shouldn't be about- like this and then loon out well it wasn't my fault I mean oh my gosh guys please please yeah.
0: <laughs> yep again it's it gets- literally this feels like something. I- the tweet I saw that was great was I saw a tweet basically ripping a scene from Curb Your Enthusiasm where like Larry David's talking to his manager like like what should i tone should i go for should i go for the forget should i go for the earnest apology should i toe the line he's like i'm thinking about toeing the line he's like he's like but what if you get called out for it i apologize for the bad apology (laughs) no that's what it is yeah and the guy is mad or just like you can't apologize for the bad apology he's like sure i can
1: you're not wrong that's a great analogy it really is because all of them that's what it was it was like when um like Bregman and Altuve were apologizing for those garbage interviews they gave at FanFest. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it, it was it's baffling. It really is baffling that these guys like wow. I mean, talk about just damaging your reputation forever, man. Yep.
2: <laughs> I just want to know what's going through the PR staff. Like are they are they actually giving them solid advice and they just don't care? Or is it just there's something going wrong? I don't
1: I'm, I'm telling you not much must go awry down in Houston and they <laughs> thought that this was like gonna be a, like a just like a woo literally this is the biggest
2: <laughs> I think it's probably the biggest scandal since the Black Sox. It has to be.
1: It's it's, and I'm pretty it, sure it's, it's up be, there.
2: It's,
0: it's that ster- that and steroids. Yeah. Huh? I think
1: a PR staff back then would have handled it more too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's let's move on. We we'll want yeah. to something else that uh. might be slightly more ridiculous than the Astros. This idea that Rob Manfred and his friends have oh. came up with we're going to expand the playoffs. And they, what they're talking about is, I think, potentially as a new CBA in like 2023, I think they're targeting for this, is that they're going to push the playoffs up from five teams in each league to seven. And what will happen is, is like three division winners, four wild cards, the top seed, let's say, we'll let's use the NL, for example, last year. Let's see the Dodgers would have been the top seed, they would have gotten a bye. The the Braves would have been the 2C, the Cardinals, the 3, and the Nationals is the top wild card with the 4. And the three other wild card teams would be, you know, the Brewers, the Mets, and I think the Dimebacks are the last one, if I remember correct. So instead of it just being, site, okay, 2 7, 3 6, we're going to have a reality TV special where the teams are going to basically bring up like Rose cards. They have the other the are like, I'm giving my Rose to the Cardinals. I want to play them this round. And then. They're going to have this whole thing where you pick your opponent for the first round. And, again, what the hell's going on
1: out here? <laughs> 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 Why does Rob Manfred hate baseball? <laughs> Can you imagine in, like, a, a room of people who are going to make more money than like we'll ever make in our lives? These people who have held these positions, somehow they've gotten to them, and they're sitting in a room. Hey, guys, let's come up with a playoff format. Let's expand the teams. Okay. That's my wild card teams. I like it. Then let's have a reality TV show where the t- one seed picture they play. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: Who, who was the
1: what I is don't. going on? That's not even.
0: Yeah, I could just I could just picture right now where they have it on like MLB Network or something where it's like where they go up where they go up to like let's say like the. Uh, Praise pick the Mets and then they go out to like like hey Pete how do you feel about the, the Braves want to I play you be? <laughs>
1: no, no what is that Yeah what is the reality TV show it is yeah you're in studio 42 and LB network that ba- you know the baseball dynamic yeah. like oh here <laughs> like like uh if you guys watch uh, European soccer yep. like the Champions League when they do the Champions League draw yeah. so they have like a representative there i think yeah. like Liverpool there's their guy uh, plays Roma. There's the Roma guy, right? They just like look at him yeah. real quick. They're mm-hmm. living in a suit just to sit there, and look pretty. Like, oh, here's <laughs> here's Claver Torres. <laughs> He's sitting there. oh uh, What's up? It's, it's like the NBA <laughs> draft
0: lottery kind of too. This was gonna be yeah, like, <laughs> and they,
1: and, yeah, no, like that's a better, yeah. And here's the Yankees pick. They're gonna play the Indians, the Cleveland Indians with the first round <laughs> pick. And <laughs> yeah, you select to play like. Francisco Lindor sitting over there. Oh, hey, Francisco, like, what does it feel like? You're gonna play the Yankees? Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> great. how How's it feel that you wh- or why did you guys pick the Indians? Uh yeah. Oh, this is awesome. Thank yeah. you. I got yeah. a lot out of this 2-hour special. This has been very uh yeah. very uh, This has been very productive. Like, yeah. oh man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't. I can't think of a. I th- I think aside from the Astros, I think Rob Manfred had the worst offseason of anybody in the league. Because <laughs> he hasn't. Got any, he hasn't even
1: been in the same stratosphere of getting any of it right. Like if it was, everybody. Everybody's <laughs> right. like, "Wow, those suspensions are like okay." It kind of sucks that the players didn't get suspended. Oh wow. Why didn't he fire Beltron and made it super passive-aggressive? Oh, okay. Like, now there's more coming out and nothing has happened. What's this? MLB playoff <laughs> expansions and the DH is coming next year? Like, what is he doing? <laughs> Does he have any, uh, any pulse on what's going I on? Don't,
2: he literally has no idea what's going on around the game of baseball.
0: Like, he, <laughs> he really doesn't. He has no <laughs> clue. <laughs>
1: the vest was dangling that, like, <laughs> the, like, amidst all of this. Whoa. well, we'll have the DH in the National League soon. Like, oh, man, dude, I don't care about that right now. <laughs> oh, well. And, like, I'll be honest, I don't mind. At first I kind of hated it, and I do, because I think, like, in baseball – or, sorry, in um, um, hockey and basketball – there's just so many playoff teams to the point where like, why do I care at all that like mm. like the Bucks are just gonna literally run over whoever they play in the first and second? You know what I mean? Like, yep. and then those like some of those like four five three six matchups are just garbage because yeah. yeah. they're so inconsequential in the long run. Same with hockey, but like.
0: Plus, like, you're dying to see that 79-win Met team make the playoffs but, in 2014. But you, you know
1: exactly. That's what it is where it's like, I don't like that. I hate the fact where we're incentivizing under 500 teams and, like, yeah. rewarding them with playoffs. Well,
2: that's why, like, the playoff system now, it puts such an emphasis no, on winning your it, division. It values it. Because you don't yeah. want to play in that one card. Well, one that, game wild card. Yeah.
1: And it just devalues like, like being a baseball fan, all of us know, like, making the postseason, like, means something, yeah. right? Yeah.
2: Because they're all good but
1: teams. But, like, in other sports, like Rangers, like, I love them. But, like, they, they, they can grab a garbage second wall guard thing and it wouldn't even matter to mm-hmm. me, right?
0: Yeah, they got two teams in the Eastern Conference and the NBA can below 500 in the playoffs. It, yeah. Well below, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And, like, so that's where it's, like, like the Magic last year. They won, yeah. like, 41 games. They made the playoffs. Like, it doesn't mean anything. But, like, in baseball, you, you're doing this, you're devaluing it. Because I think what's going to happen is like Manfred thinks, okay, this means more teams are going to go for it. I think this just means that more middling teams are going to be complacent with being middling, thinking to themselves, like you just said, Phillips, oh, maybe I can get in with 80 wins. Yeah, right. Once I get in, then we'll start doing it's it. It's not yeah. going to be, wow, let's go for it. Let's get to 99. Let's mm-hmm. build a 99 win team. And if we get the wild card, that's whatever. No, that's not what's going to happen. It, not, yeah. not at all. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah Manfred's offseason, I mean, we had the Astros. We have the pace of place stuff, including the stupid three-batter minimum that's coming Ugh. in this year. We have the fact that he let the Mets sale implode and basically cost himself a $2.6 billion white whale yeah. that, that would have raised the boat for every other franchise sale in the league. <laughs> you had basically had that he's overseen a league that was basically went through some form of like unofficial collusion the last two off-seasons. Yeah. And now we have three teams, at least, with payrolls worth $50 million as a economy. And one where the Red Sox, we'll get to them in a minute, Traded away one of the top five players in baseball for salary relief, the Boston Red Sox. No, and,
1: and that <laughs> it's a song that that's I just don't get it, and that's what I mean. Like we see, like the Red Sox did that, right? Yeah. They yep. did that. We're, um, that's why you know the day there's no um, coincidence that that playoff expansion story came out the same day that Bets trade went official. Yeah. There's no coincidence because yeah. he's tired of teams doing that. Yeah. Well, you know what, dude? Like, hey, also in in the Red Sox defense. Dombrowski literally riddled them with terrible contracts. So it does kind of make it only a little bit of sense where they're like, maybe I don't want to put this long term deal. And we
2: also knew this was gonna happen.
1: But too. JD Martinez can opt out next year, right? It's not like he's there for hundreds of years.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's also not like it's also like not like, oh, like we're gonna trade Mookie Betts we're gonna get like five of your best young oh, players. No, like yeah. we're use Mookie Betts to help get rid of a bad contract. Like, what is this? I know. Yeah.
1: And you know what? Van Wagenen looked delusional for doing it, and he did it a different way, like Kalanik uh, doing it.
0: He basically said, You know what? I will take the contract and I'll get up the prospects. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he did that. Whereas, yeah, like, everything. the Red Sox said, Here, just get like, get rid of the money. Like, That's true, yeah. I just, I, I, I. just, If I'm a Red Sox fan, I'd be. And, like, the thing that frustrates, underst- understand me, will get to this trade now. It's like, the Red Sox is like, they were, like, shocked their fans were mad This this trade was going through. They're like, they didn't think, they're like, Wait, what? They now think we're playing for moving this money? Well,
2: their general manager <laughs> came out a couple of days ago saying we're not, we don't care about the fans right now. We're just trying
1: to do, well, we're yeah. just trying to offset and do what's best for the team and in the future. Heim Bloom, he's, I, I'm still kicking myself that the Mets didn't get him. But he's a, he's a good. I mean, he, if you operate under the tight restrictions that the Tampa Bay Rays give you, like yeah. you know, I kind of give you the benefit of the doubt. But it's just like, um, getting into the trade, like what they got back. First in the initial report was almost like oh my god like you are insane that's mm-hmm. all you got back but even in the second one i it mean was i'm still sorry still the same v- verdugo yeah. who like it was one of those trades where it's like, he's young enough to keep us competitive now. Because the Red Sox are kind of in that weird, they're like... They're
2: still kind of...
1: You know what I mean? They're not terrible. They're, they're not 95 wins, 90 wins. So they can still compete. But, like, I'm telling you, when you trade Mookie Betts, man, you better be getting, like, a top and 10 prospect. And I, Jeter Downs is not a top 10 prospect, no. if I'm no. wrong. Right? He's not. But yeah. Not, like-
0: it's not. And, like, I think we all agree they're big losers in this trade. No,
1: yeah, absolutely. Because they're paying David Price half his contract too, and Mm -hmm. as bad as David Price has been, for sixteen million a year for three years for David Price, that's about the going rate. Yeah, Purcello's getting ten. Yeah, and I think we'd all agree that if you were given David Price or Purcello on say one year, Price was getting sixteen, Purcello's getting ten. I would honestly say, give me price for sixteen. Yeah, I think we'd all agree with that, right? At least a yeah. little bit. So, I mean, the the Dodgers make out like thieves. They really do.
0: <laughs> yeah, they really did. And we'll wrap this up a little bit because we'll go in the direction here. I'll go with we'll go first. We'll go to the team that we'll take the Mets and the Yankees out of this. Who had a good off season? I will go to you first, Will. Who do you think had a good off season?
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to default to the to the team we we're just talking about. Yeah. The LA Dodgers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just because like no team, I'm not. I was thinking about the Angels, but dude, I just so tired of giving the Angels a benefit of the doubt, and then they're just terrible because we've it, seen them do this. they a th- still have not. they still not pitching a time. thousand times. Yeah, so the Dodgers because not like it's not like you just like last offseason where you signed AJ Pollock and kind of sprinkle him on top of what you have. You, you just, just took in an MVP. An MVP <laughs> and said, hey, go play next to the other MVP that we have and play behind the Cy Young that we have. And, like, they are there. This is probably one of the most talented teams that we've seen in a long, yeah. long, long, I mean, really long time. And I am excited to see Betts and Belgium. I mean, have we ever had two players, I mean, like this good? And in recent memory, like literally mm-hmm. MVP, what, in the last two years, they have one?" Right, yeah. That's two years ago, yeah. and then Bellinger
0: this year. Yeah, I mean that's insane. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's. Yeah, who you got, Anthony?
2: I I definitely agree with the Dodgers. I mean, you can't go with it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the uh, I think the Phillies. Just doing what they did, you know. You go in, you go get a good veteran manager in Joe Girardi. That's very underrated right now. Yeah, very, very, very underrated. And then just all the moves that they made, you know. You add DD He's still a solid shortstop you know just keep building the pieces all the way around Bryce Harper
0: and Zach Wheeler's going to murder the Mets every time I face them next year
2: yeah Zach Wheeler is going to be out on a vengeance
0: yeah I think my team I would say is just the Reds because they've done so oh, and so definitely. much talent yeah. to that core I mean like they added Mike Moustakis here they got they got Castellanos on the big deal they added some pitching depth I mean like the NL Central wide open. I can easily see the Reds winning it this year. Dude,
1: the past two years the Reds have had two really good off seasons. Yes. So yeah, I, I I I'm really excited. Last year I was high on them, and this year I'm really liking it. I think mm-hmm. it's gonna yeah. be gonna, that division is gonna be a whale because the Brewers regressed, the Cubs are like, Lord knows what they're Cubs right are in limbo right now. Yeah. And the Reds, yeah, hey, shake it up a little bit.
0: <laughs> All right. So and go the other way now. Who had the worst off season? It's not the mess of the Yankees
1: the Red
2: Sox. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you give away your literal MVP. Literally. I mean,
0: for 30 cents of a dollar.
2: Yeah, you get nothing in return. Practically nothing.
1: Cleveland Indians. You traded Corey Kluber like what are you doing with Lindor? You didn't like you know what? Like what are they? You know, it, it's kind of like they're like like what are you doing? Like yeah. Just just do one thing or the other. <laughs> yeah, they didn't add. I mean, they didn't add anything, and you got rid of a really good pitcher. Yeah, for like again, not a lot in return, and then you're just kind of sitting on Lindor, where it's like we've seen it with Manny Machado. We just saw it with Mookie Betts. People aren't gonna pay for a one year rental like that. So just yeah. trade him now. Yeah, I I just I don't know what you're doing. Like if you're gonna rebuild, stop just kind of like towing the line and just do it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, those two are good. There are two I can say in the NL Central, where both went backwards. The Cubs did nothing. Mm-hmm. The Brewers mm-hmm. lost a lot of bodies, though they replaced them slightly, so we'll see what happens then. But to me, biggest loser is the Colorado Rockies, because not yeah. only did they not add anybody, and they won 72 games last year, they added nobody, and now they ticked off Nolan Arenado the point that he wants to leave. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is like... That's a hell of a daily double to, like, basically do add to a 72-win team and get the franchise icon irritated to the point that he can basically force a trade next year as a 2021 opt-out.
1: And also, they only signed Story to, like, a three-year team-friendly deal, which yep. really – that, that, what that says to me is that they're going to try to trade him also at one yep. point.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Rockies are just – for a team that we thought was going to be coming up in the past year and a half, they went –
1: <laughs> they had the one playoff. Yeah, probably they and thought that they were
2: gonna
0: and be. they signed, they signed Arenado. And we're like, okay, cool, the are committed to, to win long term. They fell flat and they did nothing.
1: Yeah. No one Arenado would look really good on the Mets. No one Arenado would look really good anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> anywhere.
0: <laughs> well the Mets also need an owner before they worry about their own Arenado. Yeah, that's Hey,
1: true. your boy Arod. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Arod could play a third.
0: Maybe. Yeah, A Rod might be get yeah. to
1: the seven hundred home runs in the yeah. Mets uniform. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe, that's it, maybe that's his ulterior motive. Own the team, suit up for like a f- two months, get what the mean? homers.
0: Re- reset the clock so he doesn't have to take so away five more years for his <laughs> oh Hall of no Fame man. thing. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe we found out why he wants to be the owner of the Met. That's why him and J-Lo hitting the workouts heavy. God, I'd almost be on board with it. Excite me a little bit.
0: <laughs> All right, there you have it. That's a very detailed look into the Royal baseball. The Astros gave us so much material. We just oh had to go gosh. in on them because they were just a mess. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks again, guys, for hopping in the studio. I really appreciate it. Give oh, well, you, you a chance to plug your social medias. Ant, you can go first. Uh, check me
2: out on Twitter at Ant Sorbellini, S-O-R-B-E-L-L-I-N-I, and then Instagram
1: at Sorbellini Photos.
0: Uh, Will, how about you?
1: Uh, on Twitter, at uh, Will, S C H N E I D R H one And uh, just pumping out some NFL free agency stuff right now. <laughs>
0: All right. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Up next. This week's two-minute drill, where we will be ch- I'll be chatting with the great Joe Dalizia about the first week of the XFL. His take on it right after this. And there knew he was going to get hit by Channing Stribbling. Ball inside the 40-yard line now. Humphrey is the ready, setback ready? to the left of Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones, a flip. Back to Rogers, back to Jones. Amazing. with some razzle dazzle to take the lead all right we are back here talking xfl on the just end suffering podcast with the league's number
3: one fan joe dalloizio joe welcome how are you i am doing well mike always a pleasure thanks for having me on yeah, I also want to say, um, I'm surprised. We're actually talking XFL this day. You know what? I'm surprised you asked me to come on to the podcast yeah. because last time you had me on and we were talking Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure I said, hey, are we talking XFL on this podcast? And you looked at me like I had 10 heads and said, absolutely not. But here we are two weeks later and we're talking XFL.
0: Yeah, well, I looked up. I looked it up this weekend. It was trending all over Twitter. So maybe there is an audience out there. I think so. Yeah, so... You, in fact, guys told me you got to go to the Guardians game. The New York Guardians picked up a 23-3 win, their first game. What was that experience like?
3: Yeah, I was a part of the, the Guardian group there uh, to witness their, fir- their first home game at MetLife Stadium. It was interesting. Uh, the reason why I say that is because you think of a normal NFL Sunday, right, at MetLife Stadium. Crazy tailgating, crazy traffic, like nothing— Nothing goes in your favor, Yeah. right? I kind of like the fact that I, I was able to get to the parking lot around noon, find a great parking spot. There were still people around us tailgating. Everyone was genuinely excited for for what was about to happen. I mean there was – it was all positive vibes. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because, I mean,
0: they did – have about 18,000 people there, which looks small in MetLife. But some of the other places where they have the
3: soccer stadiums filled with football people look much more better. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that looked a little awkward yeah. is, you know, if they were able to play at let's just say like Red Bull Arena, where it's a much more intimate smaller arena, that it would have been packed out basically. Yeah. But when you're only using the the lower bowl of MetLife that fits 80,000 people, obviously it's going to be empty. But I'll tell you what. Every single play, whether the Guardians were on offense or defense, they were cheering. And I'll tell you what, there were even away fans there too, which yeah. completely shocked me. I thought week one, you're getting all Guardian fans, right? Yeah. You did have a handful that uh, were, who, who'd they play? The Tampa Bay, uh the Vipers? I don't know what the Tampa Bay team name is. But I think I think it was it's the Vipers, but there were a few Viper fans. Yeah, so
0: I remember the XFL. I was skeptical because whenever I think of the XFL, I think of this. This! Vince McMahon basically at the at the first XFL game in 2000 just basically taking over turning to a wrestling event.
3: See, uh I I don't know if Vince was at um MetLife. I'm pretty sure Shane McMahon his son was at MetLife for this for this opener. With that being said though, like I think Vince is taking a back seat and letting the football operations kind of play its toll, letting, you know, Oliver Luck do his thing. I think this is we're we're seeing a completely different product already just through week 1. Yeah, and speaking of the product, how do you like the football? How does it compare? Okay, well, I mean, it's obvious that it, the XFL is not the NFL. I mean, the the NFL is the best of the best. What's say compared to the AAF last year? I think it's better. Yeah. I think it's better if if not, you, you know what? Yeah, I definitely think it's better. Yeah. Um I also think there's a ton of potential. Yeah. I think people need to give it a, give it a real chance in year 1. I, if they get past year 1, which I think they will, I'm even more excited for the future of it. Because of the fact that there is a way that the XFL could potentially get some serious football players in their league, and if they could start doing that similar to what the USFL did years ago, I mean, you may actually have a spring football league here.
0: Yeah, I want to pick your brain a few things, so we do have the new kickoff rule they have in the XFL, where basically the way it's up is the kicker kicks off a normal spot, the two like lo- like uh lines of blockers are, are five yards apart are about the 25 yard lines about and then you had the returner they can't nobody can move until the ball
3: either is caught by the returner or hits the ground for like a second so what do you think of that role yeah i absolutely love the new kicking role um you look at the nfl now right the kicking game like it stinks it's no longer exciting They've been the the XFL has now been able to make the kick the kickoff the punt return exciting again. Like on average, you're seeing guys run 20 yards downfield. I think that's great. We want to see more action. They're giving us more action just by making those small changes.
0: And it's safer actually. It's not
3: running full speed, thirty five yards at each other. Exactly. It's safer and it's more action. So I think I'm a real big fan of the new all the new rules. There's nothing that really like stands out to me that's like wait that's a little too strange. That's not football. I think they did a great job that way, and one thing that definitely isn't getting enough praise is the running clock. Yeah. I love it. It's so much, the game is quicker. The game moves, but you know you're not sitting there feeling like you've been at at the stadium all day. It's actually nonstop action.
0: Yeah, that's nice. I do, I do like that idea. I also intrigued by the idea of the 1 2 or 3 point conversion where you get you line up there's no extra points. You line up for one from the 2 yard line, the,
3: the two from the 5 yard line, and a three point play from the 10 yard line. Yeah, so. it's great. It's great. It's more points, it's more action. That's what people want to see. Like you, think about it. You're at an you're at an NFL game, you're at a college football game, traditional game. Somebody scores a touchdown, you may get out of your seat now to go to the bathroom, go to the concession stand. Now in the XFL, somebody scores a touchdown, you're gonna hold on because if they're going for three, it could be exciting. If they're going for one, it could be exciting. If they're going for two, it could be exciting.
0: I'll say that for sure. I do hope also the NFL considers adopting the XFL replay style, where they basically had the they took you inside the booth and they listened to the replay operator upstairs, basically talk about okay. Did he get a foot down? Did he do this? Did he do that? And this is why we're going to keep the call, we're going to overturn. I think that would just
3: add so much more transparency to the NFL. So much more transparency and so unique. Uh, I also love the fact that I mean, look at where the games are being broadcasted yeah. on what networks. I ES- mean, ESPN and Fox. Yeah, you got legit people calling these games and breaking it down, and, and that's what you want to hear. Yeah. Right, and you're getting you're getting a lot more behind the scenes stuff. Uh, last week with Pat McAfee on the sideline, I mean, yeah. that was great. Yeah, that was great content it was great content and are you gonna keep watching absolutely there's no doubt in my mind um the family and i are already planning uh several more trips yeah there's only playing five home games you're gonna be almost season ticket holder i I mean i I would strongly consider it um we're actually even thinking about doing a road game that's how much we enjoyed the first product what is the closest road game dc dc yeah dc i mean not bad spend the weekend in dc yeah maybe catch a baseball game too yeah that would that would be fun
0: and the last one, obviously the AAF last year got stronger views out of the
3: gate. Did not last. Do you think the XFL can make it to the end of this year and possibly beyond? I really do. I really do. And the big reason why, I mean, look at the look at the people that are backing the XFL. I mean, there's money there. There's no denying that. Yeah. And the big thing that went wrong with the AAF is the money went missing. Yeah. You know, I, I think they really have a good uh, opportunity. I think they got to play it smart. Yeah. you know don't worry about five to six years worry week by week get by year one and it's going to be promising as as they expand yeah make sure you make payroll that's important oh, clearly <laughs>
0: all right all right joe thanks again i really appreciate it. maybe we'll touch back in on xfl again down the road i could
3: promise you mike that you'll have me back on talking to the xfl
0: Hopefully it's not the collapse of the XFL. It definitely won't be. I can promise you that. All right. Before I let you go, have people follow you on social media and keep up with what's Give going me on. a
3: follow on Twitter at Joe double underscore D-A-L-O-I-S-I-O. Don't do, forget the double underscore. Yeah, do mic. not do not forget. You won't find him. You won't find me. All right, Joe. Thanks. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. And there you have it. There is this week's
0: episode of the Just and the Suffering podcast. I want to thank my guest, Will Schneiderhan, and Anthony Storley from the Baseball Beat, Hopping in the studio today to talk all about the baseball stories. Also, Joe D'Alessio for talking some XFL. If you want more stuff like this podcast, including my look at the 30 for 30 on Michael Vick, check out the blog over at justendthesuffering.wordpress.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Simply search for Just End the Suffering there. You can check it out on any of those platforms subscribe there. Feel free to your feedback and star ratings as well, or I'll make this podcast even better going forward you also follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. And we'll use the hashtag cheated for this episode because the Astros won't say it, but they did cheat. Hashtag cheated. Next week, we're going to talk some hockey with Pete Considori, NHL trade deadline coming up, what what the Rangers are going to do. We'll speculate about that. Some NBA national takes and more. Until then, I'll be have a better week than Red Sox fans.